0: I've been in a series the last few weeks called Gifted, and I want to continue today. Anybody ready for me to continue? Yeah. We certainly have not exhausted it. I don't think we've ever exhausted anything uh, from God. Uh, but I want to go to... Did I tell you where to turn? Did you Do you know where I, you should go? If you would, find the book of Romans, chapter 12 say that's not where you started last week I know I have that power (laughs) to change starting points (laughs) mid-series Romans chapter twelve you might recall I said to you before that it's a difficult life when you don't use your gifts it's a hard life to not use them it's natural to do what God has graced you to do in other words, if I can get in my groove, the blessing of God is automatically there. I'm not trying to convince Him to bless me or, or to help me. I'm just in the right place of God's grace for my life. And, and so when we speak about being gifted, this should be of great interest to every single person. If someone says, well, I don't want to use my gifts. Well, you want to be miserable then. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but if you do value... This, the, the very fact, the reality that God has taken a part of himself and invested in, inside of you so you could do some of what he can do, you'll say, wow, what a blessing, what a privilege, what an honor it is to be gifted by God. And every one of us, of course, are gifted by him. Uh, these gifts, of course, work everywhere. They're not limited to a certain location or a or a church building or something of that nature. They work wherever we are. Uh, they work in, in your profession. These gifts work in your hobbies. The, these gifts work wherever we are. If you are a believer now, if you're, a, if you're a, a Christian already, then there's something else that works in you because you have an innate desire to serve God your master, to to serve the God who loved you and saved you from a devil's hell. And so what it is, what happens in your life, what happens in my life is I see what God has given me and I don't just want to use it for my benefit or for my enjoyment. I want to use it for Him. You want to use your gifts for the Lord if you belong to Him. And so, uh, can I encourage you this way? If you don't know what to do, Let us help you. Seriously, I don't want anyone in my church to be miserable. (laughs) I don't want anyone in this house to be useless. I want you, everyone, to fully function in their place. Use the grace of God on your life. We want to help you. It's the reason we have these, uh, well, we have one today after this service called a Connect Lunch, right? we got brunchers happening right now, I think. Uh, But we have these things on purpose to help people. Amen. I want to help you to be in your spot, to fully use what God has put inside of you. And again, you'll use it everywhere. But if you're a believer, you want to use it for the kingdom on whatever level works, whatever level he wants you to. We want to use these things for the kingdom of God. Praise God. All right. Did you find Romans? Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me. In other words, Paul is saying I'm using the gift in my life to tell you this. I'm going to use the gift in me to tell you how to use the gift in you. Yeah? To everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Why would you say that? Because of the tendency of people to think of themselves more highly than they ought to yeah as revealed by how many pictures you take of yourself sorry I think the Greek says that Uh, continuing Uh, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith say it out loud God has has dealt to me me a measure of faith faith. Right. verse 4 For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. Or he who teaches in teaching, or he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so, you can see a couple words that are used repeatedly in this passage. One of them is the word grace, another one is the word faith, alright? You ever notice that grace and faith always work together? Nothing is just all grace, Say salvation is all grace. Well, from God's side it is, but from our side we have to believe, right? That grace is what God gives. Faith is how we receive that grace, okay? And, and and so in here, again, just like salvation is a gift from God, grace, received by faith from us, th- these gifts work in a similar fashion. God graces us to do something, meaning it was not conditioned upon our behavior. It wasn't because we earned it. It's simply because He decided, I want you to do this for me. I've got this gift for you. I want you to function in this way. And He decides and places us and and, and equips us uh, with this, these gifts. Now, faith, in this case, is also given by God. He also goes, Boom. now here's the faith to make that work. Here's the faith so you can step out of your comfort zone, step out of your do-nothing and begin to do something with the grace that I've given you. So He's given us both components so we can all be activated and walk in uh, the place that He has called us to walk. Okay. Now, in this list of varying gifts, I shared with you a little bit last week about the gift of prophecy, how all can prophesy, but some will be given towards this function on a more consistent basis. Right? Everybody can do it, and we see that with all of these gifts, that they're all operational in every person's life, or can be, or ought to be, but then on a greater level, on a more consistent basis, individuals will find themselves operating in the grace of God. Everybody with me? And so prophecy, as far as speaking or having inspired utterance from God, is one of the gifts. The the next one listed here is the gift called ministry. Ministry. Now, ministry is also translated as uh, as serving. Service or serving. Um, Sometimes you will see individuals elevate the word ministry almost to a status place. And they think, I have a ministry. And it's almost like a badge, like a, like a, a place to hold that is, um, you know, others should look up to them because they have a ministry. Like it comes with a card, a business card. It comes with a website, a 501c3. I have a ministry. But it really, I mean, and that's fine, ministry is a great word, but this other definition helps us to see if you are graced this way, what are you graced to do? To serve. To serve. So come off your high horse and pick up some trash. (laughs) If you have a gift of ministry, you are here to serve God, to serve other people. Amen. The, The word actually is the same word that's translated deacon. Uh, and you can see how some religious organizations have translated serving into a position of power and control. And it's like a status place. I am a deacon in the church. Oh, cool, the toilet's dirty. <laughs> you know, but people often don't see it that way. And this is the way we ought to see it. If we're called to do something, you know, and people look at the five-fold ministry, you know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and they think, ministry. Yeah, that's called full-time serving. That's really the heart of God, and it should be the heart of us. And no doubt some of us uh, have this ministry and have this gift inside. Uh, everyone can. Everyone ought to serve. Um, but some are going to do it with greater grace upon them. Some are going to do it on a more consistent basis. And they just love to do things for others. And didn't Jesus tell us that the greatest among you will be your servant? Wh- who's, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? the servant, the greatest, not the high position, not the title. This person who serves is the greatest in God's kingdom. I think we're going to see all this clearly. If you're a believer, you go to heaven. I hope to see you there. I'm going, whether you're going or not. Uh, I think we're going to see real clearly how God elevates people and points, the, points His finger at, at people and honors them because not because they held high positions per se, but because they had this heart to serve. That's really of great value in God's kingdom. And maybe you can look at yourself. Some of you will, you will recognize gifts inside of your own life, even while we, we, we discuss this. Uh, do you serve without much effort? When I say much effort, you don't have to talk yourself into it. You I don't, I, I don't have to be overly convinced. If someone says, hey, we're looking for a few volunteers to help out with this, your mind starts going, yeah, I should probably sign up for that. Whereas someone else says, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And they don't have any qualms about it. Uh, But but the way it works with you is you're quick to always say, oh, yeah, I'll help there. Oh, can I do that for you? Can I get this for you? Can I help over here? It just kind of naturally flows out of you. And if that's the case, again, we can all and all should serve one another. But if you recognize, man, there's something in me that just compels me to do that, go with it. Go with it. Maximize it. You'll be helped. Uh, you'll walk in a greater joy and fulfillment. And other people around you will be greatly blessed by you using your gift. Amen. I'll tell you what, whenever, whenever something comes available, you hear about a serving opportunity, is it for you hard to ignore and if you say, no, it's easy for me. <laughs> well, again, we should all serve on some level, but maybe that's not your place. Maybe that's not the gift of God working in you. Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Praise God. So was it a high position? Well, it was Jesus' job. It was His role. It was his primary function. He, he, as God in the flesh, didn't come for people to do stuff for him. He came to do stuff for, for others. So this is an awesome gift. This is a part of God himself. The next one listed here is the gift called teaching. Teaching. And, and how do we do this? Well, in proportion to our faith. Amen. God's given you the faith to do it. But teaching is an ability to explain things. The teacher can take what is complex and make it understandable. The end result of the the teaching gift is people learn things. I'm thankful for that gift because I like to learn. (laughs) There's some stuff I need to know and someone has got to explain it. And so God put this gift of teaching in various individuals. Now... To clarify a difference between preaching and teaching, I love to say it this way, many have, that to preach means to proclaim, but to teach means to explain. Is one of them needed more than the other? Well, I don't know. They're both valid gifts. We need people who just kind of say it. They don't break it down and break it apart and define all the words and, and illustrate it. They just say it. And then we need people who will break it down and organize it and, and, and say it in a way that can be, you know, remembered and absorbed and understood. And that's a real gift from God. Say, is uh, is God a teacher? For sure. Is God a preacher? For sure. Jesus in His ministry on earth did both. He was a preacher and He was a teacher. And these things will work in people today as well. Now, let me ask you just obvious question. Can all people teach? Usually I get mixed results on that. Yes, no, yes, no, yeah. Uh, listen, the, my answer to this, all right, hear me out if you were one of those who said, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> my answer to this, just like every other gift here, is yes. All people can teach. And I mean that on some level. Not all on the same level. In other words, if you know something, you can you can on some level explain it to somebody else. I mean, if I pull out my phone and I can't figure out how to do something, and so I get, you know, one of the children's children uh, in here, <laughs> and they say, Pastor Mark, you just do this. Go here and click here and do this. Well, if they have the knowledge... They can teach me what they know. They don't need a calling from God. They don't need a gift from God to, to teach something that they know. All right. But how many know that's different than I'm going to be on a consistent regular basis teaching a group of people for an hour? Or something like that. Not everyone should do that. Everyone can. If you're a parent, you don't have to have a teaching gift to, to train your children. Do you teach your children as a parent? For sure you do, and you ought to. It doesn't necessarily mean you have a special gift from God to do it. You have a parenting responsibility. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, there are individuals that have something a little bit more. If a person doesn't have a teaching gift, does that mean they're not smart? No. They may be very capable. They may be very knowledgeable but be very incapable of explaining things to other people in an effective way. Everybody okay? Uh, A guy uh, came to me years ago, and uh, he was a bit frustrated. And and the reason was, is he took a new job, and he got this job of teaching on a collegiate level a particular uh, skill that he had acquired. He had worked in the field He was completely qualified to work in that field and had done the study and had the experience. And on his resume, it's like, yeah, you'd be great. You have all the qualifications. But then he got in the classroom and it wasn't going so well. And he was asking me, because he recognized that I teach. He was asking me about how I go about doing things and trying to get some tips. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to explain and... and (laughs) That's what I love to do. (laughs) I love to explain things, and I'm talking to him about it, but in the middle of it, I'm thinking, this is not really going to work for you, because I can tell you some strategies and and my methods and and how I do it, but if that gift is not in you, you're going to be frustrated for a long time, and it was a problem in this place. Students were complaining. They're paying for this uh, instruction, and they're not really getting it. It's very hard. It's very painful. Has anybody ever been to school, whether you're talking grade school, junior high, high school, college, trade school, whatever, you've been to school somewhere, and the one leading your class, your instruction, did not have this gift? Can, can anybody relate to that? Okay. So, so we, we all know the difference of someone who has this and someone who doesn't, and, you know, it's, it can be very frustrating when a person is not in their place. Now, when I talk about this gift of teaching, I'm not specifically, even though I kind of go back and forth, I'm not referring to like what I do as a fivefold ministry teacher. My gift is in Ephesians four, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, the, te- the teaching gift. Um, there are people that are not called to f- full time ministry teaching of the Word of God that still have a teaching gift inside of them. Many of them are not even saved often you'll see them land in positions like school teachers or even in a company they could have a position where they're instructing others and they just really have an ability to lay it out there and to explain it and to break it down and people go away with an understanding that's a real gift from God okay and we value that and so uh, you know illustrations often come to these people naturally Um, but having this gift does not mean a person can teach anything they have to know about it (laughs) my teaching gift is not real functional in rocket science say well you're a teacher you should teach us those things (laughs) no I don't know those things (laughs) You understand what I mean A a a person came to me years ago in the church and they had been studying and this is my area, this book. But they had been studying some Old Testament passages and looking up Hebrew words. And it was in, in the prophets. And And then they had been studying over in the book of Revelation. You know, how many know you can mess that up pretty easy? Uh and they'd been looking up the Greek words and they were comparing the Old Testament Hebrew words with the New Testament Greek words and reading some passages and they were and this person came to me and said well because you're a teacher I just wanted to run these things by you to see if I'm right and, uh, and I'm sitting there my head is spinning <laughs> I'm thinking oh boy you're expecting me just to know every Hebrew word and every Greek word and every nuance and, and I said you know listen Yes, I have an ability to teach. And if you're way off in the deep end, if you're contradicting other verses, I can tell you that. And there's some things I know. But just because I'm gifted to teach doesn't mean I know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> in other words, I would have to study that out myself. And I could go there and I could do that. And But there's, it's not like just because someone has this gift they can teach anything and everything. You have to have uh, the knowledge base behind it. Um, amen. And so, uh, this teaching gift, very powerful. I I can tell you from my experience, again, I didn't know that I had this gift working in me until I used it. I didn't get it in prayer. I didn't get this, oh, you have this ability to explain things and lay things out for people. I didn't. I didn't know it. No one prophesied it to me. I just was following the leading of the Spirit. And when He directed me what to do in ministry... All of a sudden, I find myself speaking every week. And before that, I had spoken a few times in my life in front of groups. You know, and you've heard my testimony. It wasn't really my leaning. I didn't really want to get up in front of people. But then I got in this position, and I'm, you're supposed to teach, and you're supposed to explain things. And before you knew it, I realized, huh, there's something in me. There's something in me. I didn't even know it was there. But once I did it, I found it. I discovered it. Wow, this is a real gift from God. People actually learn things. I mean, I, seriously, I was shocked. I would teach and people would come show me their notes. You wrote something down that I said? <laughs> it's like, why would you do that? What happened is, is a gift was working. It wasn't just me as a natural person. It was a gift of God in me and it would light things up in people's minds and they would have understanding of spiritual things. And and I wonder some of you recognize some of the gifts of God in inside of your your life already. Good for you. If you don't, you know sometimes what is necessary is just to take a step and put your hand to something and go down the road and say, "Wow, this is nice. This is good. I think there's something in me. I'm enjoying this. People are helped by it. When I when I do this, other people are thankful. They appreciate it. You can recognize a gift. And it might be the other way. You might go down and take some steps and say, Oh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is not me. This is not what's in me. I'm, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're not intelligent. It doesn't mean you don't love God. None of that. It just means you need to back up and go a different direction. But instead of wondering year after year, I don't know of anything I can do. Why don't you put your hand to something? Put yourself out there and see if God will use you. Because I tell you, he wants to use every single one of us in some form or fashion. Number four, the fourth gift listed in this list, and I'm just getting started here, so we're going to cruise through this, and I'm going to come back next week. You coming back next week? Okay, good. I'll save you a seat. Kind of. Uh, the, The next one is called exhortation. This gift is called exhortation. Now, the the word here, the Greek word translated this, it's uh, pronounced parakaleo. It means to call near. There are people with a gift, and what does that gift do? It calls people near. The other words used um, to invite or invoke, it's translated multiple ways in the scriptures. Comfort encourage. It's translated to urge. Think about it. God has gifted some people to urge other others. Certainly we know to encourage them, to comfort them, but also have in mind this, to move them to action. Yeah? Why would God gift people to urge others to act a certain way because they're not acting the way they ought to act or because some people are not doing anything and god wants them to do something so in his grace he said i'm going to put something in this person this person this person this person this person and whenever they get around them they are going to be moved into activity they're going to be prompted to go Here's the opposite. If God gifts people to encourage and comfort and urge and call to action, the opposite would be there are people who are idle. They're not doing anything. They are still. The, the word idle um, uses, has this language as, as definitions that they are inactive. They are lazy. They are useless. They're barren, they're slow. Too many times people fall into the trap of they're too much at rest, they're not moving, they're not doing anything, and so there's a gift needed in some of the rest of us that will call people and urge them to action. Yeah, it's valuable. We need it. We need those who will exhort. Now, in in studying this principle, I saw a connection. And it's kind of not a not a very good one. But as I saw urge or to call out, to move people forward, I thought, what's the opposite of that? Well, that's being idle. It's doing nothing. Well, I thought, Scripture should have some things to say about idleness. Let me give you two examples. In 1 Timothy 5.13, it reads, And besides... They learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. And then Second 2 Timothy 2.16, Paul writes to him and says, But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And I thought, oh, look at that. There is a connection between people being idle and running their mouths about others. This is one of the great reasons why God wants people to be moved into activity, into action for Him. To be actively using their gifts from God. Because if they don't, they sit on the sidelines... And gossip and criticize, and they're tempted. They fall into the trap of finding out what is wrong with everybody else. And if you've been around long enough, meaning I've been around ministry long enough, some of them even think it's their their gift. (laughs) They'll call it discernment. They'll, but they'll. What it is is they're extra critical. They're able to find out what everyone else is doing wrong, and they start yep 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 yep. And it's it's the devil. It's a temptation. It's a real it's a real weakness in their flesh, but it's a real problem. But the solution is for them not to be idle. It's amazing when someone begins to serve. When someone begins to give. When someone begins to to encourage. When someone begins to be involved in the work of God with their gifts, how they don't want to contribute to the downfall of others. And all of a sudden they become more merciful towards other people's mistakes. And, and, but these individuals who are idle, they often um, get in trouble with their mouth. If you're not actively using your gifts, by the way, you might want to hurry up. Because <laughs> you are in danger right now. You're in danger because it's going to get in your mouth eventually. You become a busybody, become involved in saying things which you ought not. And Jesus did tell us, by your words you are justified, and by your words you are condemned. And so, I want to be able to control my mouth. Amen. Again, this is another gift, exhortation. Can all people do it? You're still hesitating on me there. Okay, the answer to that question whenever I get to any point is yes. (laughs) In other words, can all people encourage, comfort, urge, call to action? Yes. Can some people do it better? Yeah. Can some people do it more? Yeah. It, it, It works in them. It's kind of their natural thing. Yeah. And you think about it. Think about the word encourage here. Have you ever been discouraged? Has anyone in this house ever been discouraged? Can you relate to that at all? What did it feel like? It's, it's not fun, is it? It's You feel drained. You feel weak. You feel hopeless. You don't want to do anything. And if you do, you just kind of drag. it's It's not a happy place to be in. If you're discouraged. You know, God doesn't want people to be that way either. And you can get over it on your own. You can encourage yourself. You can do certain things to come out of that dark place. But God, in His great mercy and great love, He also said, I'm going to put this in a bunch of people. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going to drop a part of myself inside people so when they scatter amongst my people, others will be lifted. They'll be strengthened. They'll be encouraged by that gift. Because God doesn't want His people to be weak. Yeah. I know in this house, we need people at the front door, the side door, the parking lot, who have this gift. We do. We need people uh, who are ushing and working in the classrooms and doing different things who have this gift. Why do we need that? Because people come in here every week dragging. I don't mean most people, but it'd be easy for me to prophesy, (laughs) you know, just by doing the math, to say, there are people in here and you're not doing very well. You're down. You're discouraged. You've come in and maybe you've, you come, have come before. Maybe this is your first time and your life, life is kind of knocking you around and that's why you're here. Listen, you exhorters. Do you know those people are here? So I don't know who it is. I don't either. Not necessarily. But if you trust the Lord and begin to use your gift, put yourself in a position where God can use you, you could totally change a life. It's not just the preacher that gets to be involved in lives changed. It's every part of the body when they find their place and all of a sudden they're lifting someone. They're encouraging. They're bringing comfort to someone whose life is really thrashed right now. Listen, you guys, I'm a pastor. God has given me an assignment. I need some of you to step forth, step up in this gift. Because I don't know everyone. And I can't touch everyone. And I can't do it. And I hate to hear of people doing bad. When I hear stories, I have so-and-so there... They're on the decline, so they lost their job. This person, their marriage is split and, and all this stuff. It's like, ah, man, I want to get them all. Because it's the heart of God. He wants to lift people. He wants to encourage. And, and, and I, heard, I heard someone was, you know, saved or they have a relationship with God, but they're not using their gifts. Ah, I need some people who will get in their business. And say, come on, man, giddy up. Do something with something with that on the inside of you. Now watch, this gift is not a condemning gift. This, this gift is not looking down on people and putting them down for, for being, they're not looking for a bunch of idle people so they can knock them down and say, you're a waste. No, no, no. It's an encouraging, it's a comforting gift. It's also an urging and compelling gift that will help people use what God has given them. Amen? I tell you, God's working in this house. And imagine again, if all of us begin to recognize, Ooh, that's in me. Oh, I think that way. Oh, I think I might have this. And we all take steps of faith to act on it. And say, Okay, how is this going to work? Where can I go? What can I do? And as we begin to act on it, I tell you, good things happen everywhere. You're happier. I'm happier. More fruit abounds everywhere we go. Praise God. Well, let's pick up there next time. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy.